we were singing that song, those last words just gripped my heart. His wounds had paid my ransom. I don't think we really fully comprehend the suffering that Jesus went through, that we can be redeemed. And so we're eternally grateful and thankful to the Lord. If you have your Bibles and would like to follow along, I'm going to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and if you'd like to use the Blue Pew Bible, it's page 816. 816. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, we're going to read the first 18 verses. Now you can relax, I don't have a long sermon today. Uh, with everything else that was planned, but this just happened to work out. So the Lord's in control, is he not? 1 Corinthians 16, let's begin now at verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper that there be no collections when I come. And when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. But if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. Now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I'm passing through Macedonia. And it may be that while I remain, even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay a while with you if the Lord permits. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. And if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear, for he does the work of the Lord as I also do. Therefore, let no one despise him, but send him on his journey in peace that he may come to me, for I am waiting for him with the brethren. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brethren, but he was quite unwilling to come at this time. However, he will come when he has a convenient time. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love. I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that he is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that you also submit to such and to everyone who works and labors with us. I am glad about the coming of Stephanus, Fortunus, and Achaeus, for what was lacking on your part they supplied, for they refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge such men. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that we can now look into your word and we ask for the Holy Spirit to illuminate truth to every heart and mind here today. Lord, as we look over the congregation, there are those that were missing. And I think of our dear brother Jim uh, down there in the Mennonite home getting rehab. I pray you'd be with James today and continue the healing in his body. Glad that his wife and son are here today. And Lord, all of us as we join together, friends, neighbors, guests, Lord, help us to lift our hearts to you and say, Lord, speak to me. Help me to be 
a better follower of Christ. Now, Lord, my life would tell for you. In your precious and worthy name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. I don't know about you, but as I read and meditate upon the scriptures, I often see names. We read several here today. And I look forward to meeting those people. Sitting down and maybe talking a thousand years or something like that. And we get to glory. I certainly appreciate the Apostle Paul. And I look forward to meeting him when we get to heaven. He was one of the world's greatest missionary. And he was the greatest evangelist, I feel, known to mankind. A church planner. He was a man who was given to visions and dreams. Seemed like he was always looking ahead. And to me, that is a gift that God gives a few. And we appreciate everyone who is a visionary. And so let's pray, as you saw in the prayer request this morning, be in prayer for the church board as we are grappling with issues and ideas. We want God's direction. We want to see our church move forward and constantly be a lighthouse here on the hill. In chapter 15, Paul's telling us of the resurrection of Christ and all his glory and of the world that is yet to come. That same power that we as believers, we will experience as in the, we are promoted to eternity to be with our Savior someday. I like how he ends the chapter. I didn't read this verse, but look there at verse 58. He says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a challenge to us today, that we would be steadfast and immovable in our faith in the resurrection. And so the promise of the resurrection assures us that as we serve Jesus Christ, it's not in vain. He's going to give us the same power and we will be with him someday. And so we rejoice with Paul that hope that we have in Jesus Christ. But none of us here are in heaven yet. Of course not. We have lots of practical living that needs to be done first. Hopefully our time this morning together we can see uh, how to have a life that is well lived. We look at various aspects of our lives and how to live out love and service. Love and service. Well, here in chapter 16, Paul raises the issue of the great concern of the life and the health of the church. Unity and harmony is always a matter of importance to a godly leader, whether it's in the home or workplace or here in the church. Jesus has not saved us to just leave us, get along as best we can. I'm glad he's promised to go with us, aren't you? Praise the Lord. And so... We can have total victory as we seek and walk with him daily. So in this chapter here, 1 Corinthians, he gives us like the summation uh, or recapping of all the 15 chapters that preceded. He introduces us to some of the saints whom God had given to, to work with Paul and to encourage him and strengthen him. And these are living examples that the whole epistle is calling for. That of being generous, that of being harmonious, cooperative, warm, and loving in spirit. 
I praise God for those true, genuine saints of God that give themselves to the work of the Lord. William Barclay, a commentary, uh, commentator, comments on this thought when he says, In the church, many work, but few toil. Can you gather what he's saying there? How much are we giving to the work of the Lord and to see his ministry go ahead? So in the Christian life, there, there needs to be courage for every one of us. We don't want to retreat, but we want to move ahead in love, which will never fail us. And so we find in those hard times of stress, as we labor for the Lord, we are going to face times like that, but we're going to find he's with us. He's there to help us. We don't, there's no time to retreat. It's a time to regroup and forge ahead. And this is what I believe Paul is saying there in verse 58, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Well, moving on, let's consider then what Paul is saying to us here now in chapter 16. First of all, the practical helpfulness. The first four verses there, he's talking about the collection of the saints to the first day of the week to bring the money together. Did you know that the Bible has more to say about money than it does about heaven? That, that sort of seems strange to this little preacher. Why wouldn't Jesus want to talk more about heaven, a home that we're going to someday? I think it's very simple. He understands the power and the effect that money can have on all of our lives. He knows the attitude toward money affects every area of our living. And so I fear the love or the greed that is surrounding money has kept many out of heaven. It's become their god or their idol. Anything that is placed ahead of God is an idol. When you think about money over the ages, and especially in our day, how many people are dying because of greed? The cartels and the sale of drugs and what have you, it's all about money. We think about raising funds and oh, there's all kinds of methods and I'll be honest with you, I'm saddened by our modern TV, some of our modern day TV preachers and how they can almost put a guilt trip on people to send in your money to them. And then they promise a lot of things that I wonder, can they really deliver on all of that? It's no wonder that there's an erosion of credibility for the evangelical church in the day in which we live. As your pastor, I can't thank you enough as a congregation for the good giving that you do here. And Leroy, you can say amen if you want to. But I think our people, really, you're doing a wonderful job, and I want to thank you. We're blessed by those who give regularly their tithes and their offerings, and they do it joyfully. My prayer is that no one would ever give out of duty Give joyfully unto the Lord. And do you know the Greek word there really means hilariously? I wonder what it would be like if we would be giving an, an offering and everybody would be singing, maybe some out in the aisles dancing because you're so hilarious, happy, and joyful in your giving. 
Of course, the ushers would have to set the pace for us, I guess, right? <laughs> God blesses a generous people in many ways. There in verse 2, Paul stresses that our giving should be systematic and not impulsive or haphazard. My wife and I have always agreed together on the percentage that we want to give. And actually, I think that it's a bargain that the Lord would offer if you give 10% and you can keep 90 or maybe it's more than that. You know, none of us can outgive God, can we? No. Give out of a heart of love and praise, always in a joyful way. And so I don't believe that money is to be extorted out of any clever scheme of fundraising. In fact, did you see there, Paul said, you're to lay the monies aside. He didn't want it being done when he was there. He wanted special offerings toward the poor in Jerusalem, but it was to be already gathered when he came. I'll say it again. I think the Bible clearly teaches that giving should be prompted out of love for God and the church. I like this saying, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. And I didn't hear one amen. <laughs> oh, that's very, very truthful. Praise the Lord. I truly believe that when the church is sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading, working together in love and unity, the monies will come and the financial needs will be met. Praise the Lord. Paul goes on to say there in verse 3 that the church should have a representation or someone ready to go with him when he takes some money to Jerusalem. When someone from the church of Corinth was with him, criticism would be avoided. Lest any would think that he might personally benefit from the collection. Recently, I had a, an opportunity to be a messenger for someone else who wanted to be anonymous. They were giving a gift to a mission work that I was acquainted with. And so they gave me an envelope with a, a sizable amount of money. I gave it to that person. I said, now I would ask that you send a, a receipt back to that person with the amount that's in the envelope. Why did I ask that? Accountability. I'm sure they trusted me, but we can't be too careful. You don't want someone to think you're personally benefiting from the collection. So we thank the Lord for those who live a life above reproach and can be entrusted to handle God's money. I personally want to thank... Well, now he's not there. <laughs> he must have just slipped out. Our treasure, Leroy Shunk, for the commendable work he does. And I want to encourage you, go and thank him personally. Pray for him. That is quite a responsibility, friends. And we want to encourage him in that. Moving on to the second point, persistent ministry. We look there at verses 8 and 9. He says, a great and effectual door has been opened to me in ministry. And that he had plans to stay with them until the time of Pentecost. He wanted to continue his work there with them and the cause of Christ. So, Let's not get discouraged. He says there's many adversaries. You know, we know the enemy of our soul is Satan. That old devil will do everything he can to discourage, to tear down, to kill, to steal. But we look to Jesus Christ. He is our help and our victory. Praise the Lord. 
And so uh, the devil will try to hinder God's work. But Paul says, uh, not to let this scare any away, rather to press on. I like his spirit, amen? He wasn't sitting still. He believed with all his heart and soul that Jesus Christ is the conqueror. The greater the struggle, the greater the victory. Praise the Lord. Never doubt, never doubt who's going to win. With Jesus, we're all more than conquerors. Praise his name. Friends, if you are where God has put you, and you're obeying him, and you're depending upon him for his strength and power, guess what? You need not fear the outcome. God is with you, and he will help you. All praise to the Lord. Let's look then at the third one, loving the brethren. There in verses 10 through 12. He, uh, he's telling them that Timothy is coming and they needed to love this young man. A number of years ago, my pastor, uh, an evangelist, uh, Reverend John L. Rosenberry, some of your older folk would remember that name. He was uh, acquainted with Roxbury Camp. He was going to general conference. I might have been his delegate for a while, I know. Someone asked him when he was there, why did you come? What do you think he replied? I came to love the brethren. And that has stuck with me down through the years. And I love General Conference. Some of you delegates may be new going this year, but I, have, I see people all over the globe that I remember meeting from past times, past years. We meet every other year. And it's just a time of worship and getting together. Of course, there's a lot of church business that is done as well. But we love the brethren and the sisters. Thank God for the example that Pastor John was to me. He mentored, mentored me and affirmed me as I was just a young pastor to be, I guess you should say. I felt the Lord was tugging at my heart and, and leading me into ministry. And here he's talking about encouraging Timothy, a young man in the faith who would be a pastor in the future. You know, I have always tried in my ministry to do just that, encourage other people that felt God's hand upon them to go into ministry. I consider Peter Miller my Timothy, helping him as he's now preparing, taking classes and studying in the word and I want to encourage us as a congregation to heed Paul's admonition here. Say a word of encouragement to Pete and Jen as they prepare to be used of God. Wherever he would lead them, let's get behind them. May God lay his hand on more. You know, even older folk are called into ministry, not just the young people. Let's be open to the the will of the Holy Spirit. And you know, so often, the enemy of our soul would have us feel, well, I can't do it as good as somebody else. I'm a nobody. You see, he doesn't want you to be used of the Lord in the work of the ministry. So never believe that. You are special in the eyes of the Lord. He has created you for a special purpose. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish 
but have everlasting life. That is how special every one of us here today are in the presence of the Lord. We're preserved by the blessed Holy Spirit, working in and through us by his sanctification and power. But best of all, we are destined to spend eternity in glory someday. Oh, I can hardly wait. That's going to be a wonderful time. If you think I get too excited sometimes, well, forgive me, but I'm going to be looking at you when you enter heaven's gates and start walking down the streets of gold. I don't think you're going to be very quiet there either. In about three days, it's going to be Valentine's Day. You know what that means? Well, that's a special day. Our culture says that we're to express a love to one another, especially that person who is really way up here in your mind, that special someone. I think it's a good thing, but really, we shouldn't just wait for one day a year. We should show love all the year through to those special ones. Don't you agree? Thank you, Ed. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. But really, let's remember those that we love. There's a bumper sticker that reads, have you hugged your grandchildren today? I like that. But I think that hug should go for a whole lot more people than just the grandchildren and appreciation and praise. And so let me challenge you. I'll throw out a little challenge here. Before you leave church today, go to someone and tell them how much they mean to you. Maybe something they did, I don't know, maybe the way they appear, just whatever really takes your fancy, you'll not know what that means. Tell someone how much you appreciate them, their Christian walk. We need to focus, friends and neighbors, more on a positive attitude, sharing a word of encouragement now and then, rather than finding fault and being critical. There's too much of that in our world to begin with. I'm sure you heard the quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson, what you do speak so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. That's a challenge to all of us, isn't it? So how we treat people, how we react to adverse circumstances, how we live life, all these things say so much about us. And it's often, that's what they see in us. Remember, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So what we're doing to live out our love for God and others is going to mean an awful lot. We want to live for his honor and glory. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5 says there's a day coming when God's going to be our judge and he'll reveal the counsels or the very thoughts of our heart. It says, then each one's praise will come from God. When I stand before the Lord that day, I hope it's not too hard for him to, to come up with some good things. <laughs> things that bring honor and glory to him, to his holy name. So Paul gives advice here. It's excellent advice there in verses 13 and 14. He says, watch, stand fast in the Lord, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love. Ken, as you're working all over this church fixing stuff, and my goodness, this morning I came down to the kitchen, there he was. I said, don't you ever get a day off. 
you're doing it out of love, aren't you? And we ought to thank our head trustee for the much the work that he's doing. I believe these are important commands for all of us today. We should memorize and practice and to share that word of thanks, that word of encouragement to someone else. Stand fast in the faith, seeing and trusting the Lord. Even those areas we don't quite understand or may be invisible now. Be strong. Let's be men and women of courage. How about it? May our courage be to live out love in life and service. Amen. Dean's coming. Let's stand together.